Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 64. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my guest, Beth Teichman. I got it right. <laughs> Beth is a professional editing unicorn and professional. Uh, I have to do that part again. Beth is a professional editing unicorn and photographer, virtual assistant, or VA, taking care of tasks, many different tasks for photographers like retouching, editing, blogging, newsletter creation, and so much more. On an average day, you can find her hanging out in Lightroom, my editing software of choice, drinking. I think she's got a bottle of something behind her and even playing video games uh what is your video game of choice oh oh you know what i i could just fall into fallout or skyrim for days like i'm all about bethesda games they're (laughs) so good and so layered and complex although i just recently beat skyrim and then the ending of it was so so underwhelming like i haven't picked it up since then but they're coming out with a new fallout (laughs) later this year and i'm pretty excited about it i did hear about that yeah my uh my game of choice recently is uh players unknown um i'm sort of going uh not that i don't like fortnite but i just like players unknown better now so i've been using that yeah i've heard a lot about fortnite what what platforms does it appear on um pretty much everything right now everything um i they just came out with even nintendo switch so it's it's on everything um and some of them can go cross platform now okay cross console yeah that's what i ask because i i have an xbox and i've primarily always been xbox i've never had a console or playstation (laughs) or anything so like some of those which are console specific i miss out on but there's a lot now that are cross platform so yeah yeah um, so, so in Beth's spare time, she enjoys recreational Yeti hunting, underwater basket weaving, weaving, and contemplating the meaning of life and the color green. So that's Beth in a nutshell. <laughs> yep. So I, I've, I've known Beth for a few years at this point, uh, and she is knowledgeable in so many things. And helpful to so many photographers in a variety of things, as you have just learned. And so I'm very excited. I've been wanting to get Beth on here for a while. So thank you, Beth, for joining the show. I'm happy that you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we dive into what's going on in your world, I just want to bring up two quick WordPress uh, news pieces. The first is WordCamp EU, WordCamp Europe, just happened, and Matt Mullenweg, uh, the original creator of WordPress, did his big keynote, and he said WordPress 5.0 is actually targeted for the end of August. Now, this might not happen because it was already delayed from April, I want to say, so there's a good chance it may not happen in August because this is the one where the new visual editor is coming to WordPress. So if it meets the time frame. That means that by September, every WordPress user will have a brand new visual editor experience. But if it doesn't, it just means it's still delayed and it's coming at some point. So um, currently targeted for August. We'll see what happens. The other thing is uh, there's a new plugin that is really interesting called Plugin Detective. It's available. It's free. And it is a plugin that actually will determine of other plugins that are actually causing problems on your site. So if you are having a problem with something odd going on in your site and you can't pinpoint install plugin detective, it is 
helpful to actually pinpoint what plugins might be causing your problem. So there you go. I will link to both of those news pieces in the show notes. So Beth, um, again, welcome. What is going on in your world? Uh, not too much. Um, let's see. So personally, I guess I just bought a house last fall. So now that it's summer, we're taking care of some of the landscaping stuff that just kind of fell by the wayside while the house is under renovation before it was sold. So that'll be fun. Um, but it's supposed to be nice this weekend. So that's good. Um, <laughs> professionally, there's quite a bit. I'm actually going through an, a complete rebrand right now. Um, because, you know, I started out just offering uh, editing services for photographers, but right. I found that um, the more and more I've become ingrained in the industry, the more I'm realizing that there's so much need for other help specific to the photography industry, like blogging, newsletters, Facebook ads, stuff like that. So I'm rebranding to include a lot of or focus on a lot of the other services that I offer. Because right now it's like if you visit my website or any of my content or whatever, it's like I do editing. And then like really right. tiny in the corner, it's like I also do this other stuff. Ask me now. You know, so like I'm kind of rebranding <laughs> to like encompass it into like one big, um, you know, here's how we can help you. Here's the numerous avenues in which we can be of service to you um, to kind of reflect the fact that we do more than editing and we can help you with more than that. So, um, so are I you guess, actually are you rebranding the, the name as well? Because right now you're storyboard editing, right? So starboard editing. Yeah. Star, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So are you actually changing the name of the company as well as? The um, website content? I don't think so because I want to just keep it the same as what it's always been. I don't know how much that would mess with the SEO, but if you're completely redoing a website, that might mess with it anyways as your right. content changes. So, yep. um, But I also have the uh, domain starboard editing, and I don't know if I necessarily want to deal with that. Um, and to be fair, editing is one of the places where photographers can really get a huge amount of their time back and be right. one of the biggest propellants of getting right. uh, their business on track or back on track or under control is, you know, freeing up that much time. So um, I'm, I think I'm okay with keeping it as long mm -hmm. as that people, once they get to the site, they recognize that it's not just editing. Like it's, it's a full yeah, suite. Yeah. Um, and plus that and, also and comes out in the marketing too. It's like, you know, you're not just marketing for, we help you with editing, we help you with editing. It's, right. you know, you're also marketing, like we are, you know, a full service, you know, virtual assistant suite basically for photographers. Um, and hopefully yeah. obviously adding more services as time goes on. Um, so. Yeah. And, and the word editing can also work in the blogging sense and the newsletter sense and a bunch of others. So um, it does, it does still work. Oh yeah, so. it's true. I suppose I didn't think of that. Uh, I guess when you're, you know, creating content, there's still an editing process that goes through it. Um, and yeah. it's still editing a brand and marketing materials and whatnot um, as you create that. So that's true. I suppose I, I didn't think of that angle for it. Um, but yeah, so, so that's the biggest thing. Um, a friend of ours, Chris Aram is doing the site uh, with Beaver Builder. Um, nice. Beaver Builder is amazing for WordPress. Um, so that's happening. And I'll be working on that today once we're done here, continuing to like load content in and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully get all of that transitioned and sent out into the world, hopefully sometime this summer. So, um, and I'm growing my team as well. I have two editors right now, one that does retouching and one that does Lightroom editing. And hopefully I'm continuing to grow and add um, another one by the end of the year as well to continue to just bring in that help <laughs> that photographers need and be able to facilitate it. So that is great. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, uh, when you first think, okay, outsourcing company and the outsourcing company has 
staff are they outsourced <laughs> you, know, like, oh, you know what i mean like yeah that's oh, the first thing that goes through my head absolutely. you know but they they could be somebody that that you outsource right so that you, you you know that they still work for you but they work per diem or they could be something you bring on permanently you know it's just funny to think in my head i'm thinking yeah like, it's like this like meta it's so yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the two girls um they are uh in the u.s sort of um one of them like is from the U.S., but she travels a lot. <laughs> she's mm. my retoucher, so like sometimes she's in the U.S. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's from the U.S., and then the other one um, is in the U.S. Um, permanently. Uh, so, I mean, she lives here, you know, year round. Um, mm. So um, her husband's in the military, and she was sick of moving her business. Like she moved her business like eight times or something ridiculous. Like moving with her husband in the military, and she's like, I just need a boss. And I'm like, man, if I would have had to move my business twice, I would have been like. I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah, I need yeah, another yeah. job. So, um, but needless to say, she handles all my blogging and SEO stuff because obviously Great. she had to get really good at it <laughs> um, when she's constantly moving her business. So I'm like, you know what? You're really good at this. You can handle all of it. And she did a so much better job than I could do with it because like she absolutely was like integral for her business survival over the years to be good at that yeah. kind of stuff. So like she handles all of it and she does an amazing job. So yeah, when she made me aware, I'm like, hey, I'd you know, love to be able to do this for you too if you want to. I'm like, absolutely. So immediately just started bringing on clients and like sending them, you know, like you sending her the content to work with. So that's been really nice. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, we've uh, on this show and and just just I guess in the photo industry altogether, it's 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 known that um, that there's a lot of outsourced photo editing available. And so that's why in today's show, I want to talk less about the photo editing and more about the blogging and newsletter uh, outsourcing, because that's not talked about that much. And I feel like it needs to, because it's it's something that so many photographers avoid doing. They avoid blogging, they avoid their their email list because they're, for whatever reason, they're, they're scared of blogging. They don't know what to blog about. They're scared of newsletters. They don't know what to write about for, new, you know, in the emails. So um let's start with the blogging tell us a little bit about your blogging services uh what it entails and and things like that yeah so it's it's pretty customizable to be honest like it it's um one of the ones that we sell i guess sell the most often um so by the way i do it all by a monthly subscription so you subscribe per month and then per month depending on what you're paying you get x amount of content and we decide all of that up front ahead of time because um, I found that I've offered blogging services in the past, but what happens is that photographers like pay as they go and then they forget to pr send me the pictures they want in the content and they forget to send me the bullet points so I can write content. So I found like the best way to keep people accountable is to do it by subscription. And like, sure enough, like consistently, like every month we're putting out content for these people. So like, that's like, that's the one way I figured out how to make sure people are accountable for making sure they're getting us what we need to do our job. Um, and so that then we can actually do our job. Um, so uh, that being said, it's completely customizable um, as far as like what you want per content. I have like a baseline, like a minimum, um, and which actually sells quite often because people, a lot of times people are like, I hardly blog like twice a year and send out two newsletters ever. So like even getting out something like monthly, once a month is like a huge, like, difference for them um yeah, so yeah. like that's what actually sells the most often is like one blog post and one newsletter per month um and uh so then what we do is we coordinate 
coordinate everything by Dropbox. So they send us, um, like I have a welcome packet that goes into it. It's like all the details of how the process works. Um, and then each month comes with like a content packet. So they just write everything they need us to know about the session. Like, cause like, obviously we weren't there. We don't know. Um, so right. like they right. say, like maybe stories happen during that day. We always try to write at least 300 words, um, for the clients. And then we take all the images for SEO. We resize them for website, you know, all that kind of stuff, add a call to action, make sure we're linking out to other vendors if, if relevant, um, for like, especially with weddings, you'll have like a, numerous vendors that are involved. Um, so uh, that's how we coordinate. And again, like my one editor um, or staff editor handles most all of this because she's so good at it. Um, one of our, And one of our clients, too, who has been doing it now for, I don't know, like two or three months, three months, has moved up to like the second page with ranking uh, nice. where sh- uh, for a couple different things, like um, one of them is like Cincinnati Cake Smash or something. She's moved up to like the second page um, just from one blog post a month. For like three months or something. Yeah, so like yeah, that's it, like, sometimes it doesn't take much. Sometimes yeah, absolutely. Step, so yeah, and she changed a different ranking on something else as well, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head if it was like a children's photographer or something. Um, but yeah, so like even in the short amount of time we've do, been doing it for people, it's made a difference. Um, so, but that's what you know. That's what, and that's what a lot of photographers don't want to do. They don't want to take the time to know what they should be labeling files and photos and stuff like that, or like how to code the keywords into the content so it sounds natural, but it's still getting like Google what it needs to find the right information because you have to do it so it's natural and it reads for people. Right. Um, yep. And a lot of photographers don't really um, do call to actions or understand why they're needed. Like they assume people understand what to do next on their website once they're done with the blog post, but. Like everything we create has something specific. Check out this other blog post of the session we shot in this area or like contact me now if you're interested in XYZ, you know. So we always include that as well to make sure that we're, um, the content we're producing is leading the customer on that customer journey um, if they happen to land on content that we created. Um, but anyways, so that's the most common one is like one blog post and one newsletter per month. Um, but it, it goes up from there. Like we have people who do two blog posts and one newsletter, three blog posts and one newsletter. Um, and for people who don't have um, newsletters and newsletter audiences, we help um, at least build out a sequence. Um, so if somebody signed, like a lot of this is with MailChimp because MailChimp is free um, for up to like 2,000 people, I think. Um, and has a lot of functionality for their free version. So um, what we'll do is we will create an automatic automated sequence so that if somebody signs up for your newsletter, they're getting content dripped out like over a period of time and then we'll help Great. write the blog posts that contribute to that like what to wear to a session or like five things you want to do for your irish wedding or something because i work with an irish um, photographer for blogging so like well so if you don't have an audience to send to yet we'll help at least build out those that content in your in the automated um sequence so that when they do sign up eventually that they have something that they're getting dripped out over time um so uh, and, and that's, that's the other fantastic. thing too. We, we write that kind of content. So if you want to write a blog post, like how to prepare for your boudoir session, like we can write that. Just like supply us the notes and the bullet points that we need. And we've all been in the photography industry. Like, um, like I said, the other girl used to be a photographer. The other girl used to be a professional mm-hmm. retoucher. Like that was her full-time job before she um, left the company she used to work with. So like we've all been in the photography industry long enough. Like we know what we're doing. So like that's why we're catering it specifically for photographers because we're in the industry and we know what we're doing. So like there's that much less of a hurdle you have to cross really because like there's a lot of things that, you know, industry to industry where there's entrepreneur or photographer that overlap for sure. 
but it's that much easier when you're working with somebody who's familiar with the industry that you're in. Um, so that's one thing that uh, has also been helpful. Like there's like working with my other editors, there's a lot of things I don't have to tell them because they worked in the photography industry. They just know to do it. So um, that's another thing that's really helpful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's entirely customizable based on what people um, want. So. Awesome. So, uh, so you already brought up uh, a couple topics, right? That, that you could, that you've written about. Um, can you share maybe a, a couple more that common blog topics that you've been asked to handle? Um, you know, so we got, we got a, a session, yeah. right? So you, you brought that up and then like these how to guides basically for, um, for, you know, uh, cake smash or for engagement or, weddings and things like that. What else uh, have you been asked to blog so about? So a lot of it has been feature sessions, obviously, because that's one of the common things that photographers like to blog about, which is great because as soon as it mm -hmm. goes live, you can send it to your clients and say, hey, I blogged your session, right. and then they share it. Um, and you can put it on social media and tag them, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's re really awesome. Um, another one that we haven't done before, but that I want to do is um, like a featured vendor. So like you say, I shot, because mm -hmm. we always try to keep the number of images per um, blog post um, up to up to 20 because I figure people are looking through it on their phone. So after about 20 images, they get tired and they click away. So they don't even get to their, and yes. you may disagree with this by all means, like they get tired and they click away. They don't even make it to your call to action. So we always try to keep it at 20 less images. So they'll actually make it through to the end of it and get that call to action mm -hmm. to do something else. Um, so I figure where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, but another one would be, but that also means too, that because you're limited and a lot of times with weddings, you have so many images, you may not necessarily get to show off the vendors the way you would want to. Um, so one thing I'd like to do right. is do like a featured vendor, have like 20 images, like this is a wedding that we recently did. Um, I want to feature this vendor, yep. their tablescapes or you know whatever it was, was absolutely amazing. Here's, you know, some of the stuff. And that way you could send it to the vendor and be like, Hey, I blogged a session about, um, your, uh, you know, whatever it was, whatever it was ending um, at this wedding, in case you wanted to share it, you can put it on social media. And that way it's also creating like another marketing piece for you. Because if an, another vendor gets that, they're probably going to be pretty excited. Like, oh my God, that's awesome. I have professionally, professional yep. photographs featured, you know, or professionally taken photographs featured on a blog. And then that's marketing material that they can use. Um, so that's another one that we have talked about um, with a couple different photographers of doing something like that. Um, as well. That's fantastic. Yep. And then, so, so, um, I, know I have, I, I recently came out with a course called more leads, more clients. We actually talk about, uh, uh, some of the strategy actually includes exactly that featuring your mm -hmm. vendors. So what I'm going to say, and I'm going to share this with, uh, the, the, the core students as well is, um, for anybody who wants to go with something more strategic, um, first, join yeah. my course, More Leads, More Clients. I will link to it in the show notes. Um, and second, if you don't feel comfortable creating the content for this whole lead generation system, uh, outsource it yeah. to that. Yep. We can outsource <laughs> so a lot of it. She'll be able to create yeah. the content for yeah, you. Yeah, and a lot of it is just like just doing it. Like, you know, a lot of the times the photographers yeah. have so many million things to do. Um, but that's another one that I would really like to do more of. Um, it just depends because if you're only doing like one blog post per month or whatever, you know, you have to kind of say, okay, figure out, okay, what's going to give me the biggest bang for my buck this month. Um, but for ones who are doing right. like three or four blog posts a month, you can easily include a featured vendor like almost every month. Um, so that's another one. Yep. Other ones are just any kind of content that your uh, potential clients would find helpful, like what to wear to a session, how to prepare for a session, um, what to expect after a session, how to pick a photographer, just like, anything that they could possibly find helpful 
Um, and if you're having a hard time figuring out what that is, think about your past clients and like a lot of the questions that you get often or frequently, right. like what are some questions and FAQs that you're getting on a regular basis, you know, feature a blog post about one of those questions um, and like how you address it and like how you um, direct your clients to work through it or work with it or wh whatever it happens to be. Um, and, you know, obviously feature yep. some of your own pictures. Um, and you can also do personal stuff too. Like don't shy away from talking about uh, obviously what you're comfortable with, you know, but sharing that some of that personal stuff um, with people, because right now we're um, entering an age and getting into an age where um, so much interaction of what we do is online. Um, and, it, and in a way it's so impersonal. So the more of that personal element of yourself you can bring into it, the more people feel like they have the connection with who you are as a business owner. So one of the clients that I work with wants to feature a story about her grandmother, who was, who's like 90 some years old, who was a professional bra sizer for her entire life. And I'm like, that's the most amazing story. Like, I love that. Like, what a cute little story. She's a boudoir photographer. So like it, it ties yeah. in with that. So I'm like, that's awesome. Like if I saw that, if I was a client and I read that, I'm like, you featured your grandma on your blog because she was a bra sizer and bra fitter her entire life. That's absolutely amazing. That would absolutely stand out yeah. to me as something that I'm like, wow, this person has so much, like, who's so interesting, you know, something like that. So don't be afraid to share, like, personal things. Like, you know, some people do, like, a 365-day project that they feature, um, where it's mostly personal stuff. Some right. people, you know, feature images from their vacation. Um, it could even be stuff, like, if you have a hobby, feature some pictures of, like, if you do clays, clay works or something like that. I think of that because I know a photographer who does, like, ceramics and clay. Um, and post it on Facebook a lot. So feature something like that, you know, like bring that personal element into it that makes you uh, um, uh, someone that sits behind the screen instead of just like a screen, if that makes sense. Like add that personal element right. to it. Yeah, you know, so I, I do a lot of personal stuff on my on my blog and I actually even mix it into my blog content for, for clients. And um, and I just did a family session last last weekend and I, I never met the family ahead of time. Uh, all the communication was done through email, but you know, through blog content and just conversations through email, when we got there, I said, Hey, nice to meet you. She's like, I feel like I've known you for so long already. You know, like that she looked at my content through the, just through the, the conversations we had through email. It was just a, she learned about me. I learned about her and it was just, you know, uh, that, that personal touch, right? And that's without actually meeting the person <laughs> in face to face. Right. Before Especially the session, with photography so, where um, you need people to be relaxed to really kind of do what you need to do. Like the more yeah. they can feel comfortable with you beforehand, like exactly like you described, like the the better chance they'll have of uh, getting into that comfort zone in front of the camera. So and your blog can be an extension of that too, by like creating that personal um, facet um, right on your blog post to give the people that impression that they yeah. feel like they know you a little bit already. So um, that's one other thing I recommend to people is like, don't be afraid to do something personal, like, and talk about something personal, anything that yep. pervades your personality. Um, and don't be afraid necessarily to be polarizing because the people who don't like you probably aren't your ideal client. The people who do will resonate with you that much more and connect with you that much more to be like, Oh my God, this is absolutely the photographer for me. <laughs> so like, you know, don't be afraid yeah. to, you know, approach an opinion uh, if you feel relevant to whatever you're trying to say. So. Yep. For sure. Um, so 
my next question for you is <laughs> um, what tip could you provide to photographers who do not want to outsource their blogging or, or I'm throwing an or in here, um, or are small enough that they can't afford to outsource their blogging and they, so they struggle with it themselves. What advice do you give to photographers who struggle with the blogging that when they have to do it themselves, when they're kind of forced to, um, any so advice like they have to do it blogging. themselves, like they, they, there's no option. Um, mm -hmm. so I would say, honestly, like start small, you don't have to blog every single week. Although I mean, sure. That's great. Like I said, the one photographer we're working with, we're just doing one blog post a month and it's already made a difference in her Google ranking in like three months. Um, so just yeah. making, making, make sure you're doing it intentionally. So like really zero in on your keywords, yeah. um, really zero in on writing good content, like talk to your audience. Don't talk at them, talk to them. Like imagine that you're writing, um, yep. to a friend or something like that, or telling them about the session or whatever it is. Um, and also like, don't feel like you have to do a bajillion images. If you have three strong images from a session that are just really emotionally strong or just beautiful in some way, and you say, these are absolutely my star images, blog those three. You don't have to do a lot of images. You really don't. Yep. Um, I mean, uh, it's, you know, more yeah. is better up to a certain point, but don't feel like you have to, you know, like really just make it simple and sweet. I would say still try and have a decent amount of written content. Because again, the more you're writing, the more that personality mm -hmm. and who you are is coming through. Even if you're talking about your clients in that session, um, who you are and everything is still being pervaded. So at least try to write you know, a few paragraphs, I would say, um, two, three sentences each to at least. And I'm thinking, and I'm not even like, even like someone who knows SEO may not necessarily be like the most perfect SEO advice, but I'm thinking from like a client perspective, if I'm going to their website, because you have to remember too, like I'm not a photographer, like I've never been a photographer. So like I'm a lot of times I am my client's ideal client. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, if I'm going to their website, like what am I going to want to see that's going to help me, you know, determine my opinion as somebody I want to work with. And for me, it would be like, just write a few, at least a few paragraphs, two to three sentences each, um, you know, let your personality come through. Um, don't feel like you have to sound professional, sound exactly like who you are as a person. Um, and just start with like once a month um, and make sure that at the end of it, you're giving whoever's reading it, you know, your the audience a clear idea of what they should do next. Like contact me if you want to set up your own engagement session or um, click here to sign up for my newsletter or, you know, um, click here to check out a blog post of another session I did at XYZ location, you know, make sure you're including something like that um, as well. So yeah, that's definitely yeah. something I would just recommend is like, keep awesome. it simple. Don't feel like you have to go overboard right from the start. Yep. Great, great, great advice. So let's move into newsletters now. So let, tell me a little bit about your newsletter services. I mean, I know it's going to be similar to blogging, but newsletters have to be treated very different than a blog because uh, you're literally getting to somebody's inbox every time you do it. And that could be a little nerve wracking at a time. So let's talk about yeah, so uh, newsletters. Tell me about um, your newsletter services. Photographers are so scared to send newsletters, I found out. <laughs> um, it's like, and I don't really understand yeah, why. Yeah. Um, because if people signed up for your newsletter, they signed up because they want to hear 
from you. So by not sending a newsletter, you're kind of being rude, like Mm -hmm. not overtly, but these people are saying, Hey, I'd really like to hear from you. And then they never hear from you. Like that's, that's kind of sad. (laughs) So like, you know, don't, so kind of try and bridge that gap of (laughs) um, feeling like rude or or bad about it. um, First of all, Um, second of all, for the most part, we use MailChimp because it's free and their, their free service has a lot of functionality. That's usually good enough for the average photographer. Um, until they get to a certain amount of subscribers. Um, So we found that that generally works the best and they're very integrated with a lot of different website um, templates and so on. Um, So, and it kind of depends. We usually encourage people to feature something in the session. Like you could feature sunset sessions, you could feature a mini session that you're doing or something that is like time specific, like, I have two more dates to fill for family sessions next month. You know, email me back. That's time sensitive. So it wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for a blog post. Um, I mean, it could, but you know, that blog post is going to go out of, you know, out of, out of relevancy very quickly um, on your blog. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily keep that for a newsletter. Um, and let's see, a lot of times the newsletters also, um, contain just a, like a little snippet of a blog post. That's why it's like blog post and newsletter per month. Um, it'll like, like a little snippet of it and then to go mm-hmm. read it. So you're getting people onto the site and then like they read through the blog post and then the blog post says, contact me now. So you've led them from that funnel from like the newsletter to the blog post to the contact me. And ideally they get in touch. That's not going to happen every time, but it's certainly not going to happen at all if you don't send a newsletter. So a lot of times our newsletters reflect the blog post. They'll say, I, hey, you know, here's a, a thing I did, include maybe like one picture because you don't want too many pictures because a lot of email providers like Gmail doesn't even show the pictures unless you tell them to show the picture in Gmail. So like we don't even include a lot of them because like why? And a lot of times the deliverability um, is better without images and stuff like that too. So we try to keep it pretty minimal. Um, there's... Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I've been I've been doing you know email marketing for years, uh, just as I have blogging. And uh, at one point, I would say maybe two years ago, I went from a beautiful Mailchimp design to a plain text design. Literally, no images, no color. It was just a plain text design. My test was how is it going to impact deliverability? And it turned out that plain text actually delivered a heck of a lot better than a design. But that what what I found that was funny was I was getting replies from people that would never engage with the with the email list before, and the replies were, "Why aren't your emails pretty anymore?" Oh my god, right? you're kidding! So oh, I went back hilarious. to having a yeah, I went back to having a design because people were complaining about how ugly the plain text was, and um, the, so the the deliverability went down again. Not not terrible, but it went down again, and the design's simpler. There's some color and some. You know, there's a border and there's stuff going on, but it's not as flashy as the original one was um, as as a hope to find a good medium. And I did. I found a good medium by making it just a little designed, but not overly designed. Yeah, we try overall, we try not to add like too many pictures or but there there will be some branding elements just to keep it like mm-hmm. consistent with brand and stuff like that. But for the most part, like we keep it simple. And like a lot of times you have to remember people are reading this on their phone. So like yeah. they're not generally like there's always, you know, if you're telling a really good story, generally, they're not going to read a huge long email on their phone, they're going to read like a few paragraphs and be done with it. So we usually try to keep it pretty short and to the point um, with the newsletter and link out to external content if appropriate. 
Um, but a lot of the other times that we'll do would be like a model call. You could send that out um, in a newsletter too, as well to your newsletter list. Um, and the, um, let's see, what else could you do or in what else have we done? Um, partnering. Yeah, pretty much we've tried to keep anything that was date sensitive to a newsletter because it would go out of date on a blog that much quicker. Um, yep. So if you want to let people know that you have like two session spots left to fill or a session spot opened up or you're doing a day of minis or, you know, something like that is great content um, for newsletters. And then, like I said, also just, you know, you know, here's a blog post. You obviously don't use this text specifically, but like, you know, here's a blog post, here's a link to it to read more. And then the end of the blog post says, you know, contact me or something like that to kind of like lead them through that funnel. So like newsletters, it's kind of a little bit more wishy-washy um, because you have that ability to do like the date specific stuff. And what we do is we always ask the photographers at the beginning of the month, do you have anything coming up that you want people to be aware of, you know, that is time or date specific or even like a featured product? Um, we'll say what, you know, do you want to feature like albums this month or something like that? And then maybe um, feature like a wall art creation or something like that too. Like um, an offer, like a discount to like, you know, any family that books in this month gets 10% off a wall art design, you know, something like that, you know, so you can do that as well um, in an email. And because it gives people an incentive to make sure that they're opening the email, like if they're getting like some kind of a deal, a discount or um, notification on something they wouldn't otherwise hear about. Um, so always make sure you're providing like some kind of value um, to it in some way. So, so to answer your question, yeah. it was kind of all over the place, but you know, like newsletters. <laughs> no, that, that answer. Yeah. You went through the gamut of, of everything that, that you offer for newsletters. Um, and in fact, my next question, you actually answered earlier under the blog discussion about autoresponders. So um, the next question was, do you create autoresponders for photographers or just individual emails? And you're obviously doing both, which I think is fantastic. Um so uh, I'm a big, big advocate for setting up a really good autoresponder campaign uh, or what MailChimp now calls them automation. So um, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I used it for a variety of things and I spe uh, specify it per uh, photography category. So like my, my automation is different for families than it is for Cake Smash than it is for headshots uh, because I offer all three. I have, you know, automation campaigns for all three. Um, and then of course I also do individual emails and I also do, uh, I automate my RSS feed. So if you're in my, uh, family category, my family group in MailChimp, then once a month or, or once, a, maybe it's once a week, I can't remember. Whenever I publish a new article in family, you're getting that blog post automatically. Uh, if you're in Cake Smash, you're getting that, an article on Cake Smash automatically when I publish new content. So, um, uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of of, of automation to save time, um, you know, and then the individual the individual emails is where you take, uh, in my opinion, is where you spend most of your time uh, polishing and making sure it's the deliverability is up and it's, you know, nicely, nicely laid out. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's one thing. Um, and we'll also work with people if they don't have a sign up on their website yet, we'll do the, our best to make sure they get one because mm -hmm. we've worked Squarespace, Wix, Weebly. WordPress, obviously, you know, those are like the four big ones that photographers use a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so like if you don't have a sign up, we'll work with you on like getting one um, on your website uh, to make sure people can get the content uh, or like sign up for the content. Um, but yeah, we work with people. Um, and if they don't have like, I don't know what to write in an automated sequence, like depending on what kind of photography they do, we can provide them ideas. Because as soon as you 
say to a photographer, like a wedding photographer, let's say they didn't know like what to write. I could just be like, okay, well, what would you suggest for a bride putting together a timeline? And they can obviously get that information because they've been doing weddings long enough that they could like put together an awesome timeline, you know? So like they have so much, it's usually just like kind of like prompting them because a lot of times photographers think it has to be something like huge and complicated and hard. And it's like, no, just like share your knowledge. (laughs) Like, like you've been doing this for a while, like share your knowledge about, and like you've been doing this for a while, but your clients haven't. So like share your knowledge and like, there's so much of what they do automatically that they just don't consider to be something their clients want to read about. But in reality it is because they have no idea because that's not their job. So um, it's like anything like what to wear. I'm like, okay, so you're a family photographer. What would you recommend to a family to with young kids to get ready for a session? What would you recommend what to wear? So a lot of that um, on our end is like helping prompt people f- to figure right. out like what they can offer. Cause a lot of yeah. times they're like, I have no idea. And I'd be like, yeah, you do. And like, it just like, <laughs> ask like, <laughs> yeah. it just like ask them the kind of questions that will help lead them to. And then of course they can answer those things. So like we, within, you know, like a few email exchanges, we can have an idea for like a series of seven emails to go out um, relatively easily. So it's, it doesn't take um, that much. It's just like, kind of like prompting them to help them figure out, oh yeah, I do know that. That is something I can provide information on. So for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, to close out this, this conversation, um, we've got this newer series, a newer thing, whatever you want to call it, a call to action on the podcast where we ask you, uh, the guest to ask a question to the listeners of the podcast. Um, so Beth, what kind of question do you have for everybody who's listening or watching that you would like for them to answer uh after they listen or watch oh okay so if you're not blogging and sending newsletters why and if you are why are you doing it yourself why is that not something you have uh delegated to somebody else like, I just want to have people think because there's going to be a lot of resistance that comes up with those kind of questions, especially for photographers. So, like, mm-hmm. really take a moment to examine, you know, where the resistance is coming from and, you know, see if there's some way that you can overcome it. So, like, that's like the focus behind those two questions. So, fantastic. Um, so, um, like I said, I, way in the beginning, I've known Beth for some time. Um, she actually wrote an article for Imagely. I wrote an article for for Photocrati. I'm going to link to both those in the show notes, among with uh, along with everything else, where to find her. Uh, another great uh, step-by-step uh, outsourcing article that she wrote, um, and a bunch more. So uh, you know, uh, I'm going to link to to Chris Aram, to Beaver Builder, to Mailchimp, uh, and so on. So uh, you'll find it all in the show notes. Uh, thank you, Beth, so much for joining us today on the show. Uh, I'm really glad that you were able to join. Um, You can find the show notes, where to find Beth, and to answer her question that she just asked you at imagely.com slash podcast slash 60. Until next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.